0: You're listening to the Calm Mind Confident Life podcast full of guided meditations, relaxation audios and an abundance of tips from inspiring people around the globe. This podcast is here to help you cultivate calm and embrace the power and freedom of believing in yourself. With your host and founder of Value Your Mind, Natalie Keely. gang, so this week on the podcast I am sharing a Chat that I had quite a while back now with the lovely Vicky Louise, who is a coaching expert around anxiety and procrastination, and how the two interlink. She shares some really great tips, and we talk a lot about how we can really almost um, master our anxiety and use it as a tool to help us rather than to fight it, and how actually it doesn't need to stand in the way of us getting things done, reaching our goals, and feeling Feeling that sense of confidence that we're all searching for. So I'll let her get on and explain a bit about what she does and I hope you enjoy. So a few
1: years ago I was launching a startup and dealing with programmers all over the world and something that I didn't even understand and I don't even need to go fully into it. What was happening was I was waking up in the morning um, into panic attacks except I didn't even know what they were I was just waking up dripping in sweat shortness of breath pounding of the chest and then like it would calm down and I would get on with my day and it happened like every day on the run to the point where my partner was like I don't think this is normal because I would just get on with my day I was like okay that's how I wake up very alert and then (laughs) all this happens and then I continue my day and I spoke with a friend um and she said it sounds like anxiety and I was like well no like it's not anxiety because what I'd heard about anxiety which is what we all hear right is like it's a super extreme disorder and there's something wrong with you and it's broken and it needs to be fixed and I was like I'm actually able to get on with my day so I don't know and I started googling Dr. Google we all like everyone I speak to is like I know I shouldn't do it but I still do it I'm like yeah same yeah <laughs> um <laughs> So I went to Doctor Google, and just some of the things I was reading didn't even make sense to me. It was very like disempowering. There was a lot of misinformation and confusion, and and even I knew it was misinformation right there because I would read a statement that said, you know, one in five American adults suffer from an anxiety disorder, and my background was economics and statistics, and one in five, so twenty percent of a population size of over a hundred million is not a disorder it's literally a trend Mm. um and that's when I started to look into well why do we have anxiety like why does it exist what actually is it and started like pulling together all these different resources and different life coaching tools and understanding about our evolution and biology and kind of packaging up like oh like this doesn't have to mean that there's anything wrong and this doesn't have to mean that
0: we can't get things done Mm. and was there anything that you think Kind of led to triggering that 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 start of that anxiety for you. a
1: million percent.
0: It was I felt out of control with like our budget and investing
1: overseas in programmers and I felt very dependent on them to get the work done. and I felt like my you know I wasn't in control of my timetable and how the work was going, and we were spending, you know, investing money. and um I just felt very out of control with the whole thing. And it just like went so deep into my subconscious that like I didn't even necessarily connect those two things at the time. But looking back, it was like, that's exactly what was happening.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned about control there. And I know with anxiety it is a lot that kind of feeling, like you said, of feeling like things are things are out of our control. And then we almost try and control it more to try and get the control back. But you end up being in this stuck in this loop, don't you? right so
1: it's like that's the whole point is we think that anxiety means that we're out of control so we feel out of control and then we have anxiety and then we get told that this means that there's something wrong and something broken and our anxiety is there basically as a brain reaction to um release hormones and put us into fight or flight so we could like you know yeah um Yeah. So we can handle things being wrong. So the more that we make it mean that there's something wrong, the higher anxiety we're going to have. So we end up spinning and like this shouldn't be happening, fighting with what's happening, making it mean that there's something wrong with us, which is only going to trigger more anxiety.
0: Yeah, that's I I love that point because it's um, I talk about this with with anger as well, that it's not always actually that something is wrong um that and and like you said the moment that we we kind of fight with it is the moment it actually exasperates the symptoms and then it does start to affect our life a lot more but if we could maybe change our mindset around thinking actually more it's our body or in our mind saying hey there's something up here we need to we need to do something um rather than there's something wrong with us um that there might be some difference in how it's how it's managed That is the difference, like a million percent. And I love what you're saying about anger,
1: because like anger exists for a reason, just like anxiety. Like we've not made up these emotions in the last twenty years. The human brain's been around, I mean, for millions of years, but in its most modern form, in like forty thousand years. So like, there's a reason why this brain, that's one job is to keep us alive, has something like anger, has something like anxiety.
0: Yeah definitely and it's that it's there is so much in recognising that pattern right at the beginning isn't it but I guess the issues are is when we don't we're not able to recognise that pattern it kind of creeps up on us and then it's at that point where it's then impacting our lives and it's very hard then to take a step back and think like we're talking right now.
1: Again remember most people when they are at that point where Um, they're experiencing anxiety and they're starting to have conversations around it like our dialogue around it like globally is very much of this disorder and this suffering and something's broken that needs to be fixed like people come to me and tell me well from when I was six I was told that there's something wrong with me and I've been put on medication and like we really come at it with like this is wrong and this
0: needs to be fixed. in in your research into it and into your own personal experiences and working with other people have you kind of found anything that's particularly been helpful in 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 breaking that pattern um yes so I mean a few things but really
1: for me like I said understanding and I do explain a little I geek out a little bit on my podcast of like the science and biology (laughs) (laughs) I love it because I just think like why are we not taught about our brains in school and then we can just not judge ourselves for for these kind of things and these mechanisms um because another thing that we spoke about right at the beginning which is people judging themselves for not doing things versus understanding our brains are wired to conserve energy and basically be lazy so it happens on both sides of the areas that I cover um so understanding like how our brains are wired and that their one job is to keep us alive and not to keep us happy and be positive all the time. Um, And then secondly, choosing, we get to choose what we make it mean that we experience anxiety. So we don't have to make it mean that anything's gone wrong. We can actually make it mean that we have like an evolved brain that's doing its job. That's just, our world has moved so quickly out of how we were living throughout most of our history. Like we're at such a rapid rate that our brains just haven't caught up and nothing's gone wrong because our brains haven't caught up. We can actually teach our brains that we can do things and feel fear. For example, like public speaking, maybe something that someone's terrified of and their brain is like, I'm literally going to die. I can't do this, but actually it's very possible to do it. Even with that anxiety, even with our brain saying, that we're going to die, but we just have to keep doing the things and teaching our brain and literally showing it that we can still take action in that place. Um, And one of the most powerful things I do with my clients is teach them how to actually feel and experience anxiety because so often we are judging it, we are fighting with it. Like you said, we are resisting it. We are reacting to it, like acting out because of it. And we never really think about like, what actually is anxiety? Like, the definition online is, like, it's a feeling of unease and worry and overwhelm, and that's, like... BS. What does that even mean? It's like completely vague, which is only going to fuel more anxiety. So really for anyone listening, if you experience anxiety, which you probably do on some level, because it's part of our human experience, then just ask yourself, like, what is that for you? For some people, it's like a tingling of the arms or a dizziness in their head or a swirling in their stomach or a feeling like they are going to pass out or even, you know, sometimes being sick, whatever it might be, like a a very heat a heat all over the body um mm. really like define what it is for you and you're going to be way less scared of it even when it's uncomfortable like you know you can survive the experience of anxiety and even panic attacks because you have before mm. right you just need to remind your brain like I know exactly what's going to happen when this panic comes on and I know I need to sit down open a window put my head between my legs whatever it might be
0: it reminds me actually of um, a client I used to work with who, um, she was a, a young girl and she had a real um, anxiety around going outside because um, something, um, so she'd experienced some trauma. Um, uh, uh, she was she was beaten up and, and it was a really kind of difficult situation. So she, there was particular streets that she would avoid related to this. It was, it was manifesting as, as post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, but there was a lot of anxiety in relation to that. And... Um, So a lot of the work that we spent actually was around thinking about how, what, what it feels like for her and just sitting with those feelings so that when in a kind of safe environment where she felt safe, so trying to bring up those feelings when she was at home, when she felt safe and everything and experiencing what that was like, practicing what that was like, and then going into the environment where she felt unsafe, but she was prepared because she knew what feelings were going to come up she knew what they meant and they signaled but she also knew she's experienced having these feelings and it's all fine
1: (laughs) completely and like at that point it's like literally her brain is releasing hormones and creating movement emotion in her body to to keep her alive it's like trying to help her Mm. it's like hey like we're sensing potential danger we're going to release these hormones so that you can run faster, be on high alert, feel less pain. Like It's it's like on side with you. And what we do right. is we start fighting with it when it's like literally trying to help instead of like, hey, listen, I get it. And like you think that you're doing the right thing, but I'm, I'm going to be okay. We don't need... I don't need this reaction right now but you can only do it by working with it not working against it and when we work against it like one of the things I often say to people is like if you're putting all of your energy and getting rid of anxiety you are never going to succeed because we are not supposed to have zero percent anxiety like that's not the human experience that's not um how we have evolved to be so a lot of people like I'll I'll only get things done or I'll only feel good once I never have anxiety and I'm like well that's not working out for you and it's not the only way like actually you can have a really good great life and you can achieve and accomplish so many things once you stop putting your energy to
0: this like fruitless task of fighting and battling with anxiety. Mm, it's changing that narrative around it isn't it which I think it is with a lot of things it's a it's not um I can't remember there was someone that I was I thought it was Eckhart Tolle I think and he was saying that how um it's not the thing that happens that causes us the unhappiness it's how we how we perceive that and how we how we um narrate that in our minds
1: exactly
0: and that's kind of like why I ended up focusing on this
1: work because there's such a flood of information that is like telling us that this is wrong and that it means something bad about us. And, you know, really feeding into that reaction of like, shit, there's something wrong with me and this isn't okay. And I'm not okay. And I need to fix myself and I'm broken. And like, there's such a narrative around it. That is, that is the problem for so many people.
0: Mm. Do you So, you know, coming back to that kind of idea of, of thinking about, Listening to it as a message and knowing then what to do and how to react to it um, or what it's trying to tell us. I guess that's coming back to the kind of thought around what we were saying at the beginning of how do we of how how do we find that balance between because sometimes it can be really hard to understand what it's trying to tell us you know if if we've got lots to do when we've got things to do and and we're procrastinating or is it that actually no we're listening to what our mind is telling us and we need to take this time to stop um how how do you kind of navigate through that scenario right so
1: with my clients we do do like scheduling so they know like at the beginning of the week what that week is going to look like and, um, and then it's a matter of like making the micro decision versus like, I'm not going to get anything done today. It can be right today. I literally had a day like this recently where I was like today, all I'm going to do is my client calls. I don't need to write my social posts. I don't need to um, like whatever, like other ad things. I was like, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent. Like I'm going to just do client calls and that's it and I made that decision feeling in control instead of feeling disempowered you don't want to make decisions from a place feeling because then that's going to be how you show up and then we step into being the victim and then we end up having like you know the pity party and feeling out of control and it can spiral and we and we lose control of it so it's not just one day, it's really like, well, now I've messed up the whole week, and I'm never going to be any good, and I'm never doing, and the whole story escalates, versus a, like, think of it as, like, if you're an entrepreneur, or even if you're not, you're the CEO of your life, right, and just making that CEO decision of, like, what's better for me long term, and what I actually care about, is feeling, like, well-rested, And knowing that, like, I can just reshuffle these things later in the week and make that decision. Not like I can't do anything and I'm not going to do anything, but like I'm choosing to take care of what I think is
0: important today. And have you had those times when you would think, actually, you know, my mind is telling me I need to stop. Um, I need to um, I need to take this day to to kind of be by myself lounge on the sofa and, and and not speak to anyone and things like that but actually you recognize that's not helpful for you um
1: yes yeah it's also a matter like on the other on the other hand it can be a matter of like How can you make it easier to keep moving forward? So a tool there might be like microtasking. So let's say it's like um, recording the podcast, for example. And instead of just saying, I'm going to write and record the podcast in this hour, it's like, okay, I want to pick the theme and then I want to write the outline. Then I want to record it. And then I want to upload it or edit or whatever it is. Like breaking out the eight steps and being like, I'm just going to start with step one. Versus like I've got four hours in my calendar of like research or creating a program, like really breaking it down. So it's way easier for your brain to get started. And as you are doing that and you are working through the micro tasks, you're teaching your brain with everything that you complete, you can get
0: things done. Mm. It's, it's tricky, isn't it? Because I think that does take a lot of practice of, of getting of really getting to know your own mind and brain um, and really standing up close to it and facing it and um, and knowing when it's tricking you, which it does a lot, I think. It does a lot. I would say most, I would say, listen, I
1: wouldn't, I would say try and, and micro-task and break things down because even the act of breaking something into the micro-tasks is a step of doing something and yeah. either like, oh, I absolutely can't do this. Or you can. And listen, also now I build into my schedule, like, you know, flexibility. And I don't, I don't know if you're like this, but for me, for a long time, I was like an overworker. I like to do all the things and I was like hustling and I really want to move forward and I want to have this big impact on the world. And that means I need to sacrifice my own sanity and my own balance for it. And now it's like the opposite. Like, the more balance I create in my life, the higher
0: quality of content I produce. The more people I'm able to impact. Mm. And I wonder whether it's always thinking about what that what's the intention behind why you're why you're wanting to push forward. You know, why is it that actually today I need to get on with X, Y, Z, mm. um, or why is it today that I need to stop? And rather than coming at it from a place of guilt, like we mentioned at the beginning, of oh, I feel guilty if I'm not doing these things. It's actually about okay, well. I do. I need to do these things because it's going to be helpful for me. Is it going to make me feel better, like you said, or is it going to be harmful? Um, and that—that's a um, phrase I use a lot in um, compassion-focused therapy, of like finding that level of self-compassion and self-awareness, of always thinking what's going to be helpful or harmful for me here.
1: Right. And another really interesting thing to to think about is like if you are working towards a goal. Like, how would you handle this exact scenario if you had already achieved the goal? Because so often we think like, oh, just for today, I'll just like, you know, not do anything. But like later when I'm more successful or when I, you know, once I've achieved that, and once I'm this next person, this next level of myself, I would totally do it. Or the other way of like, just now I'm going to work seven days a week, but once I make it, I won't. And we don't realize that we're building habits and reward systems that are going to be more and more difficult to break. So if, if right now you are unsure about what to do, ask yourself what you see yourself doing if you are already like in a place of having achieved a goal, whether that's like a career goal or even like a relationship goal, if it's like, do I go on the date or not go on the date? I don't like going on dates, whatever it might be. Like if you were already in that place, how would you decide to show up today? Mm.
0: Because often as well, it's that, it's the process of doing something that can be the most overwhelming, but actually the end result is, is where the kind of the fruits of it is, isn't it? It's that's where the reward lies. And if you Mm -hmm. feel like that if you feel like that, that end result is going to be rewarding for you, then it might be something that is worth pushing through that process for.
1: Right, a million percent. Like, listen, really, so often the reason why we're not doing the things is because secretly we think it's not going to work out. And our brain's like, well, let's avoid failure, because failure probably means we're going to die. And instead, let's like self fail. So most fails, in this life are failing ahead of time, like on purpose, not going all in because our brains, like if we
0: try and then we fail, we're going to die. Yes. (laughs) It's it's completely, I mean, I did it. um, I I always speak to one of my um, friends about this um, when we were younger and we did our exams, how we used to almost not, Um, not try as hard because at least we could then say well if I tried if I wanted to and I tried I would have been good I would have got the results I wanted to but I decided I made the choice not to
1: you know exactly and that's like so common what you've just said it's so common and it's almost like reinforced by our school systems and by this like pass fail method there's no measurements for trying literally across schools there's no like well done for trying. It's literally you either pass or you fail. So if you're gonna fail and
0: everyone's gonna know that you're gonna fail, save some face by being like, Well, I didn't try. And I guess it's because in that, in that decision that you're making before getting the results, you 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 feel like you have more choice. So you have you feel that like you've got more control then. You're choosing, you're choosing and controlling the destiny because you're saying, I'm not, I'm I've decided I'm not going to try. Rather right. than someone else is telling me you didn't try hard enough because you didn't get the
1: That's why people so often come to me and I'm like, you realize by not trying, you are sat in your worst case scenario. I've got a client and we're coaching on um, dating and putting herself out there. And, you know, she's had some bad relationships in the past and it's like, well, I I really want to meet someone. It's all I really want, but I've not been on a date in six months. Well, why? Because I don't want to get hurt, right? So because you don't want to get hurt and because you don't want to, be vulnerable and go out there you are sat in your worst case scenario like we literally create it i see it in business in dating and all the areas where like our brain is wired to fail on purpose and save face And we just need to like reprogram that part of our brain so that we know that actually, and I don't know if you found this, but in my business, I can promise you, everyone listening, the more I lean into discomfort, the more I fail, the quicker I grow, the quicker I learn, the more people I'm able to help, the better tools that I'm creating. Like there has been no other way. And I even would argue that like the only way to get success or to get something that you want is to have a pile of failures. And then that's the best thing because, especially women a lot of women come to me with imposter syndrome but when you come to something with like a pile of failures and you know how to review it and analyze it and evaluate what's working and what's not working then you actually can't have imposter syndrome because you've got the exact blueprint of how you achieved something versus like I don't know I just got lucky
0: yes that's so true I mean the fate that that failure thing and that idea of again it's that narrative around it of it being wrong and stuff it's it's a a theme that comes up in pretty much every podcast (laughs) every chat that I have with people everybody um says about you know that it's such a myth this idea that um if you're doing well you haven't you haven't um failed you haven't had that experience it's actually completely the opposite like you like you're saying Um, and that actually the failures is what what encourages you to grow in fact one person I'm speaking to I can't think who it was was saying that they actually set their new new year's intention to be to fail more and I love that
1: Yes. yes love it seek the fail that's where the growth is whenever you are doing something new our brain tells us like I need to to win immediately. So say you're launching a business. Like I need a client really quickly to believe that I can do this, but those early wins are taking away from the lessons. Like you are supposed to fail so that you earn the results. Like it's not supposed to be luck that you, you know, and actually, um, sometimes it happens where, and I literally, you know, was helping a woman yesterday and her first business did really well And then it came to her second and she, and she said she didn't really have to like try that hard. (laughs) And her second one, she was like, I'm just going to do the same thing, but do it online. And suddenly it was like, Oh, like she didn't know how to do any, any of it. So stories about what she was and wasn't capable of and like anxiety around like doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing. And other people finding out that she'd had this successful business and now she wasn't as successful and all this story, like it catches up (laughs) with you eventually. But when you are, failing you are earning the knowledge because failure by definition is like I thought something was going to work out and it didn't which means I have to have learned something um like even if it's just learning that that one thing wasn't going to work out so and I I love that so many people are speaking about it because I think it's it takes so many people to speak about it because of how we are we literally spend the first 16 years of our lives hearing the opposite
0: yes yeah it's interesting because I was thinking as you were talking about um, what other barriers there are that kind of come up other than around mindset. I guess there's something around when you are experiencing low mood or anxiety or stress, uh, mm-hmm. there's that en- actual physical energy to, to do these things, yeah. isn't, isn't there, which which can prevent us. And, and failing in itself um, and pushing into those things that feel uncomfortable, it, it does initially take that that more energy than just sitting on the sofa and thinking. Actually, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this stuff today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. And our brains are like, we must conserve our energy in case we like have to run away from a lion or yeah. Late at night, like our brains are wired to conserve energy, so it's like, oh, we could like, you know, we could launch a podcast or we could just watch Netflix. Obviously, we're gonna watch Netflix and just <laughs> yeah. next week.
0: But I think, like you said, though, um, actually, again, it's that practice because when you get used to, because, because I mean, there's many times where where I've done that, I've taken that option, and actually, I, I've still felt exhausted and, and, and worse sometimes if I've done it for the wrong intention, you know, if, if I've done it because I'm avoiding because out of fear or whatever, um, and actually, if if I had done done the thing that I was I was planning on doing, whatever it was, I think it would probably actually re-energize me. It's like sometimes I'll I'll be thinking, oh, I've, I've got to record a podcast or whatever. And i think, oh, really. But then as soon as I've done it, I feel so re I so feel so re-energized from that process.
1: Because you've overcome your brain's programming of like, I can't do something and proven that you actually can. And mm-hmm. I think that's like one of the big themes of what we've spoken about today. It's like, and for everyone listening, like really pay attention is lying to you. Like it's lying. It's got this one goal, which is to like, keep you safe and keep you playing small and keep you unexposed and keep you conserving energy. And that's why companies like Netflix and like Instagram and food delivery all do so well because they're playing into what our, how our brains are wired. Yes, actually, actually on the other side of like getting something done when you when your brain says you can't is like, I swear, it's almost like this high. I did a webinar last Friday for my people. And it was the first, normally I do it for other people's communities and companies. And it was the first one I was like, I'm going to do it for my people. And um, my brain had all kinds of freaks out, freak outs and drama and why did I do this? I shouldn't, you know, and I had to, anyway, the whole process, my brain was telling me all the reasons why I shouldn't do it. And then about an hour before I said, like I just felt really like high. Like I, I was like, oh, I've made this amazing masterclass mm-hmm. and now I get, it, I get to give it to my people. And that, but it wasn't even that. It was like I'd overcome a week of my brain telling me not to do it and I still showed up. And then it was like about to happen and I was proud of what I'd done. And like, that is way better than all the pizza, all the Netflix, <laughs> yes, all yes. the social media scrolling. I was like, I said to my husband, I was like, I feel high like I swear (laughs) it was amazing but that's what's available but it's only available to feel so good because it feels so terrible it's like if anyone's been on a roller coaster and you know afterwards you like get this like rush because you've sat in fear the whole time on the roller coaster and then you've survived it it's like literally teaching your brain that you can survive fear
0: yeah and it's that challenge as well isn't it it's it's challenges can really help us in terms of um like, we, like we've been speaking about is is is, is the more I, I think the chat because with every challenge there's effort and the more effort you put in the greater the reward and mm. um the greater the growth usually um and so so yeah so you you know and exactly like we were we mentioned um at, towards the beginning is that it's thinking about that reward at the end isn't it it's thinking about what am I going to get out of this at the end is it worth me pushing forward for this
1: Yes. And sometimes we think, no, it's not worth me pushing forward for this. And and that's also okay. But if you really want to do something, you can also, a lot of my people are like ambitious, like want to solve things in the world people as well. And so I always say like, my very last resort for me when i'm like no <laughs> um is to think about the like people that i'm going to serve and the people that i'm going to help and the impact that it's going to have so i have one client and <clears throat> she coaches on weight loss and like it's fine for her to not be motivated and to have a lot of anxiety and even you know depression and tell herself that you can't do it and she's not capable but she actually is working with clients and is helping them Lose weight, which is allowing them to show up and spend and have time with their family and like exercise and live healthier and be more outdoors. And like, at at what point is it like it's not even about you? Like, you have the the skills and the tools to help someone else. Like, if you can't do it for you and you're like really sat in that comfort of like, well, I've already watched four hours of Netflix, there's no point starting my day at one o'clock. Like, what if there's one person that you could reach that day? And it's not about the big drastic dramatic acts it could be like one instagram story or one email or one powerful question and just putting that out there could literally impact someone's life
0: yeah yeah definitely oh thank you thank you for coming and talking about this because I know it's um it impacts everybody not just people who have you know diagnosis of anxiety but on on so many so many levels um this is I think I don't think anyone goes untouched around this issue. So, um, yeah, really, really helpful to chat to you about it. Is there um, anything else you wanted to add? Or if not, um, just where people can find you? Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been
1: such a good topic. And I agree. It's like, for everyone, I would say the main thing to remember is this is normal. Everyone does have this on some level. So, um, and the last thing that I will say, where most people sit, spend too long in the problem is in the self judgment. So if you are judging yourself for not doing the things or for feeling anxious, and you're making it mean things about you, I hope the one thing that you've taken from our chat today is really like, there are scientific reasons behind why it exists. And like the judging yourself is only going to keep you further from getting things done and showing up in the world how you want to um and then in terms of (laughs) and then in terms of how people can find me I have a podcast called fuck anxiety and get shit done but it's spelt the polite way so it's f asterisk (laughs) ck and uh, I also you can find me on instagram at vicky louise underscore underscore
0: underscore but it's v-i-k-k-i that's it cool I will share that in the show notes so people can have direct links to that thank you so much vicky Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.